Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of College Conversations, a podcast where we explore everything related to attending a Christian college. This is the podcast for you if you're a prospective student uh, or if you're a family member of a prospective student looking at colleges and trying to decide uh, what's going to be the best experience for your son or daughter or for you if you're listening uh, in attending a Christian college. Uh, Today, we're looking at the incredible stories and experiences of graduates whose college journeys have taken them like way beyond uh, the classroom or textbooks. In this episode, we're exploring the transformative experiences of students who ventured far beyond the familiar, and they took trips during their studies that had them going from the, the bustling streets of Uganda to the heart of India. Uh, Our guests today have stories that will inspire you and hopefully show you what traveling and serving during college can do. Uh, Our first story takes us to the streets of Kampala, Uganda, where Ashley Moore, a graduate of the Institute for GOD, shares her eye-opening experiences of teaching in a slum area. Uh, She shares about how this life-changing trip and how it still reminds her of her calling to serve uh, those in need even 10 plus years later. And we also hear from Nick Sherrod uh, about his immersion trip to India where he was immersed and he learned about the culture, language, and met some really incredible people along the way. Uh, but before we get underway, a quick reminder, your feedback means the world to us. So if you enjoy the show, don't forget to subscribe and to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It helps us to continue bringing you these incredible stories. Uh, so without further ado, this is College Conversations. Hey everyone, my name is Professor Jeff Sherrod and I'm joined with President Greg Garner. And in this episode of College Conversations, we're gonna be talking about studying abroad and also trips that students take during school. We're really excited to talk about this as this has been a central component uh, of the Institute really since we've been going, taking trips abroad with students and having these lifelong, uh, these life impacting uh, times abroad. We're also joined with uh, two different alumni. I'm really excited to have them here. They, they took some trips some years ago and um, had wonderful times. I'm really excited to hear some of the stories that you do and I'd love for you guys to introduce yourself. So Ashley, how about you start us out? Hey guys, my name is Ashley Moore and I am a graduate of the Institute for GOD. I graduated in 2013. And at the end of my, my senior year, basically, I took a semester abroad to um, Uganda, um, specifically Kampala, Uganda, which is the capital. And there I was- And Uganda's in East Africa. Yes, yeah. excuse me. Uganda, East Africa. On the East Africa, Africa yeah. on the east side. <laughs> yeah, it's there. Right next to Kenya, which probably more people are familiar yeah. with. But Yeah, and I've been there too, and I actually- yeah. I've been there several times, but this trip was specifically to Uganda. Yeah, which uh, Roosevelt called the Pearl of Africa. Yeah, because all its fertile land. It's awesome. There you go. Yeah. So you're you were in Uganda. Yes, I was in Uganda, um, specifically in a slum area called Bwise. Um I went with two of my peers, which was really fun because we were besties the whole trip. Um, and my focus was really teaching in a classroom in the slums. Um, of Uganda. And in case people don't know how to imagine what that would look like, the uniqueness of our program in particular was that you all stayed in just like public housing, yeah. right? You mm. weren't like at a Hilton. No, it was a, it was a hostel for, mm. um, we stayed in a college town, it's a place called Wandagea. And it was um, a college, college area for um, Makarere, which is the main university there. It's like 
every Ugandan kid's dream to go to Makarere University. And so we stayed at a hostel in that area. And, you know, we had people, um, you know, our we knew people from Rwanda, from Congo, um, from Belgium, you know. Yeah, because for East Africa, that's one of the schools that people would like to go to. Oh, know? yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so that was a really fun experience. Um, I actually ended up doing like a Zumba class at my hostel. Awesome. <laughs> like I, instant, I was like, I'm going to. You're introducing this though. Yeah, I'm, I'm time, introducing yeah. it. Yeah, it was not there prior, but um, it was just really fun to kind of live life like a college student in Uganda. Yeah, because you guys were even having to. Um, participate in like public transportation absolutely yeah. and you're probably traveling with chickens and sometimes yeah a variety of other <laughs> definitely um, seeing how many people could fit on the back of a motorcycle or what they could yeah. fit on top of a van yeah yeah because in uganda you call those mopeds bodas yeah and um these these boda boda drivers are are pretty interesting breed of of uh traffic commuters absolutely and yeah. and you can stick like Several people on a boda, but also a lot of luggage, and uh, I don't know. I I just I just love the image of you on a boda going to school, <laughs> or going to teach in the slums. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. So I got to to teach there. Stayed for about six months and got to see like a whole term happen mm. with my students, which was really quite one of the joys of my life. Wow. Describe the the setting for your students because again. I think it's important for us to cure imaginations by stating exactly what it was. I think for a lot of people these days, they might be thinking about like Queen of Katwe when they're mm -hmm. thinking about Uganda and yeah. maybe even like some of the inner city areas. Did it look like that or? Katwe actually, I mean, Katwe is like the neighboring slum there or maybe across town, one or the other. Um, but it is very similar. Like if you've seen that movie, I felt like I was like, that's, that's my home. You know, yeah, like that's yeah. where I felt like, Oh, I know, I know these, these kids, like I know yeah. this student. Um, it wasn't the same person or same area, obviously, but the environment was very similar. Um, dirt roads. Um, I mean, shanties, if I could, that's yeah. very generous actually. Um, and actually, cause the schoolhouse was like a, a, a like a singular wall, oh, no insulation, no insulation, just, just kind of boards, like boards put and, up. And it, you can see, I mean, you can see sunlight coming through in all different yeah. areas. And when it rained, all the kids had to move to certain areas of the class to not. And did it have like the tin roof shingles? Yeah. So it's super loud. You probably could yeah. had to stop talking when yeah. it rained. Did it, and because I know Boise is in like a flood zone, mm -hmm. like a terrible flood zone. Yeah. When it did rain, did you guys get water in the classroom? Yeah. And you can actually see, um, you can always see like kind of the mold line on the walls. Yeah, like whenever, sure. So whenever the flood would go out, you could see, you know, a foot to two feet up. You know, they they weren't able to be in class that day. If it and what age were the kids that you taught? Um, I taught third grade and fifth grade. Awesome. So and were, did and they have to wear uniforms? They did. Yeah, every day. Yeah. And <laughs> did, did you find that a lot of kids um, were wearing the same uniforms over and over again? Oh yeah, they had one set too. If they were a little bit more well yeah. off, I guess. Yeah. Did they yeah. did they have um, desks? Uh, boards, boards <laughs> like you again. know, bo how Sorry. many kids sat yeah. at a, one of those board? I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. So. Yeah, yeah, um, pretty much two boards stuck together, yeah, with two legs or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was five to seven on like on one desk, yeah, which yeah. is like three to four feet across. Yeah. And did you have like an actual chalkboard? Yeah, yeah, like straight up, <laughs> yeah, chalk, straight up chalk and a green board, blackboard yep. kind of thing, mm -hmm. yeah. So Ashley, you guys can't see her, but she's totally smiling. Yeah. Here. You can tell she's yeah, nostalgic she's bringing and reminiscing it back right now. Yeah. about, I, about I those it. times. Yeah. And and you taught for a whole semester. I did, yes. There. I 
taught mostly like ESL, so English yeah. as a second language. I remember when you sent me a video of the kids singing Man in the Mirror. <laughs> yeah. That was that was amazing. We were practicing for speech day, which had no speeches and <laughs> only dancing and songs and performances. But I did oh also so I guess I taught and then after school I would stay for about an hour and do um, either speech day practices with my class or I also taught a lot of the older women in the community like the moms or grandmothers of the kids there. Yeah. I, t- I did do like an ESL class with that yeah. demographic as well. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I think another, another story that comes to mind is when um, you taught Satan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was talking to Jeff about this earlier. I was like, he was like, what's the story? I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. The Lucifer thing. So <laughs> I ended up calling one of my students Lucifer for like the first week. And it's just because the... It was longer than that. It was, on, <laughs> whenever my first journal entry was re- required for homework is when I found out that her name was in fact Nusfa. Um, but I just, you know, in Uganda, the Bible... Bible names could be Lucifer, could be, you know, it could be any, but how did any you get Bible from name. to Lucifer? I think just the linguistic, like the... Her accent. The accent, I think. Nusfa. It, Nusfa. 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 Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very soft And she's probably real quiet. So, so quiet and <laughs> so almost like Nusfa? whispering and it's loud because there's not, you know, names? it's all the kids in one uh, courtyard, Nusfa? basically. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. And that was really embarrassing. Like, I still, cr- like I'm cringing inside. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a story now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and she ended up being my favorite student. She, I mean, she had dreams of becoming a midwife to help poor people. And oh. I remember that her speech, you know, she did a speech that semester and just her desire to become a nurse, to help pregnant women have babies, to her dreams like really much far exceeded the confines of the slums, um, which always gave me a lot of hope. And she ended up graduating, um, top of her class. Wow. So like she amazing. went on to secondary school and did great. So I got the honor of visiting Ashley while she was um, in term. And it was actually towards the end, right? Was that yeah. the end? That was yeah. towards the end. And uh, one cool thing that I noticed is, A, she was like the only white person that was in mm. the entire vicinity. But when we walked um, the way towards the schools and where she had even done other internships with another group mm-hmm. of young guys called AFCAD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, um, that everybody knew her and they were like saying hi to her. And awesome. she was just part of the environment. And I'm sure that initially it was probably odd for people to see you yeah. walking. And, and I know for us, yeah. it's like, yeah, human beings walk. But in the developing world country, to see white people walking anywhere mm. is pretty phenomenal. Absolutely. For folks, yeah. because typically they're in their Land Rovers or or whatever vehicles that are transferring them right. from A to yeah. B, and they're like door to door, door to door service. Yeah. So, but there, there was that that thing, and then the the fact that also you were recognized by the United States Embassy for your work in the slum, weren't you? Yeah, and that's funny that you bring up the contrast because towards the end of it, it was right before Thanksgiving, um, but one of the embassy guys from the U.S. Um, ended up coming to our school to bring backpacks and it was like, you know, had USA on the backpack and yeah. it was, you know, lots of great things that were, yeah. it, it was needed. And I was thankful that they could meet that need. But, you know, he came in with a, with his car. It was a, of the Land Rover type. I don't know if it was exactly, maybe it was like the Toyota. It was probably Land, Land Cruiser. Land Cruiser, yeah, Land Cruiser yeah. yes. Yeah. It was like, what's the other one? Same um, They're all over <laughs> Uganda for like NGOs and yeah. government agencies. But 
I just remember being like, man, like this is a contrast. Like he was there for less than an hour, Hmm. you know, and met me and was really generous to me. And I got to have Thanksgiving at his home, which was so sweet. And, um, but just the contrast of like, man, like I'm getting off public transport. It cost me 200 shillings to get here. I know the route. Which the exchange rate would be a dollar to 3,500 shillings. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a fraction of a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it took me much longer to get there, I'm sure, than it would take most people that are sure. driving private yeah. private hire. But um, just the contrast of like, man, you just dropped off the stuff and like I'm I'm here trying to give something a little bit more, even though it was, you know, a short amount of time. Well, um, and the only way you're even recognized is because you did that kind of transportation. Right. So you are able to go down the street and say, everyone's like, hey, Ashley. Yeah, and, and I, I, yeah. And probably that that ambassador and the embassy's recognition of your work is to highlight what it is that you were doing that maybe they can't do or yeah. um, don't have the time to do maybe. Yeah. I think he felt, I think he was a little bit awestruck that I was there every day. He sure. kept making comments like, wow, I can't believe like you're here every day. And I'm like, yep, every day, but Tuesday. And on Tuesday I was serving with a different organization with widow care. And he was just like kind of awestruck and, Maybe maybe felt a little bad for me, so he invited me to Thanksgiving. I don't know, but I think he um, he I think he was awestruck of like, wow, I can't believe you've been so consistent. Mm. I can't believe you've put yourself in this environment. And why why do you think you were like that? Like, I think I think God's word points us to where people don't want to look, mm. and I think um, the people in Boise, um a lot of people don't want to look there, and if they do, it's for a lot of times like the the camera or the photo op, you know? Yeah. Um, and not to say that meeting those needs is, I think anyone would welcome meeting very practical needs and sure. dropping in, dropping off supplies. But um, I think there was something about building relationships that I felt like I was living out scripture in a way yeah. that I hadn't before. I've always found it very interesting how the Bible will highlight that when it comes to certain people in need, like, the sick, those in prison, widows and orphans, the verb is to visit mm. or to come to them. Oh, yeah. It's not to give to them, to do for them. Yeah. It's to visit them, to come. It, it, like, that's, that's, that's always been such a thought-provoking consideration that this is what God's word directs us towards. And I'd agree with you, it, it, is, it is challenging. Yeah. It's challenging yeah. to put yourself... because. Both of you guys have um, been with me to like Jamaica, and and <laughs> yeah. serving in like the hospice, right? You know? And um, man, sitting with people who are dying for a couple weeks is incredibly challenging. Oh, and, yeah. and and those nuns who run that place, God bless them. I know. You know I mean, it's Absolutely. day in day out. But again, it's like to visit, to come to them. It's, those are just really important yeah. verbs. Yeah, in it's the like rendering somehow this is kind of like something I was hoping to get into a little bit today as well. Is is that it's not just about taking a trip abroad while you're a college student that changes your life. There's something about the preparation, like you know, you said that it was it was God's word in you that did something, and it changed the whole quality of your trip. And I was hoping to talk about that at some point too. But sure. yeah. yeah, I mean, me taking that type of a magnitude of a trip, my first year, sec, even second year would have just been, I would have been 
I would not have been able to cope with the environment. Thank you for bringing that up because often young people are like, put me in coach. Right. I, I want to go to the, the darkest of the dark and the most challenging environments. But it is God's word that allows us to navigate darkness. It is a light to our path yeah. and a lamp yeah. to our feet. And you need it when you go into those dark environments. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, uh, you're also here with us, uh, yes. alumni of the school. Tell us what you graduated with, when you graduated, when you went, and some of the background for your trip. Yeah. My name is Nick Sherrod. I graduated with a biblical studies degree in 2012. Um, that same year, I took a six-month trip to India. I served in the capital state of Haryana. Um, which is where Delhi is, the capital of India, um, and primarily stayed in a... Is Delhi in Haryana? So, I thought it was in New Delhi, and it's all part of NCR. So the NCR is split up between multiple states that kind of yeah, right. intersect it. So there is a little slice of Haryana that hits NCR. Yeah, 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 but in, in Delhi, the capital New Delhi is in Haryana, not Delhi? New Delhi is in Delhi. New Delhi it's, it's, in it's Delhi. A, it's a, so like, old Delhi's in Haryana? Is that what you're saying? There are parts that extend... I'm learning something right now, so I'm super <laughs> pumped. <laughs> Teach me. Part of the NCR is in Haryana. Oh, I know the that. City of, the city of Delhi is in Delhi. It's not Okay, in yeah, that's yes. what I thought. Right. That's what I thought. Yeah, so mainly a lot of that northern region is where Delhi was, Haryana, the capital. Mm -hmm. um, we primarily worked in that area. Yeah. Um, at a commuter city outside of that called Gurugram. Um, which is now called Gurugram. Which is now called Gurugram. <laughs> yes. yes. So that has changed. India is famous for just changing yes. the names of their I cities. It. I love it. Yeah. yeah like well, like just, major standing cities. Yes. We're just going to change the name. Yeah, yeah. We did Bombay for long enough and now we'll just do Mumbai. Yeah. yeah. It's and it's Mumbai not now. like there's just like a few thousand people in the city. <laughs> I mean, this is. The amount of work to change addresses. Yeah, anyway. it, it's a big deal. Anyways, I was able to spend six months there. Um, I went with a great friend of mine, still a great friend of mine, Nicholas Moore. Um, we were two Nicks in India. Made it, <laughs> made it very convenient for introductions. Um, <laughs> Tell no, us how but, you introduce yourselves. Um, so at the time, I was uh, not, a, not a big person, probably <laughs> 120 pounds. Which made you blend in really well. <laughs> I fit in perfect. Shop anywhere. You know, yeah. just, I could, I could, I, I felt very like average <laughs> there. So that was nice. Nick, a little bit bigger than me. So um, in the culture, you know, it's, uh, it's very common to just be very free with uh, observations of people and how they look and what they are and to use that as a term for introduction. So I was small Nick and he was big Nick. <laughs> And that's how we went around, and it just became, like, second nature. Like, no one batted an eye. So, like, did you no, start introducing yourself? Yep. As little Nick. Big <laughs> yep. Little Nick Hay? Yeah. That was, that was it. Nam, little Nick Hay. Yeah. And it, it, it always, uh, we got great applause from it everywhere we went. Churches, NGOs. Oh, they every, loved it, huh? Everyone loved it. Yeah. Sure, man. Um, people are like, what are they? Are they running out of names over there? <laughs> Send us two Nicks? I was like, but so what was it nice. that you did while you were in the national capital region? So we um, we had a lot going on. We partnered with different NGOs and then also worked with the local church in that area where we would do host do Bible studies for them, participate in their ministries. 
we worked at a rural hospital called Kabuji Hospital. Um, and you, you had some um, pretty, gosh, I don't know how to say it. Um, there were a lot of indigent cases. I, I guess that's probably the way I'd put it. Like folks who were poor, who had no other place to go, but who had dire medical needs and, and needed attention. Yeah, so that's that's exactly what this hospital existed for. Um, so they would do, they worked with a village that was, they worked right outside of the village, and then that hospital was the option for them. And then they, they really didn't have the opportunity or resources to be able to transport themselves to any other, to any other place for immediate medical help. Um, so they ran that division of it, um, Kabaliji Hospital is a, a tremendous. They were doing tremendous work. They also worked with cataract surgeries for incredibly low, underprivileged people, where they bring them in and they perform free cataract surgeries um, for low-income, underprivileged people. Yes, yeah. exactly. So they would drive around to the surrounding villages that were about a fifty-mile radius from the hospital. Did they have like a mobile clinic or a mobile surgery vehicle kind of thing? They would go and pick up people at different locations. Yeah. They would do interviews. They would talk to family members, yeah. figure out where the greatest need was. Yeah. And then they would bring them back to the hospital. They would do the, they once a week, they would do for a certain, for about a three month window, they would do the procedure there. Um, and then it was all outpatient surgeries. So then um, later that day, they would drive them back. So um, they would do that, and then they also were a school for the local village, too. So about 150 kids from the local village also attended the place, too. Small school. Small school. <laughs> Packed classrooms. Yeah. Um, but they were, they were really trying to invest in that village. They had, a, they had a huge heart to see that their needs were taken care of as far as education and medical needs go. They're, they're performing a tremendous work. So, we, we, so you guys got to basically intern with them and experience the work of that organization. Yeah. So I worked on the school side um, doing education, ESL in the classroom. I was also able to do an eight-week guitar lesson class um, with some of the older kids. That's fun. Um, and then Nick, who at the time was working Big as... Nick. Big, Big Nick, Nick. Who at the time was working as an EMT, was able to partner with the two doctors and was essentially doing patient surveys with them, helping out with basic needs, just kind of being around there, assisting with them at the time. So that was our activity there. Um, we went. So there. you got a mix of things yeah. throughout yeah. the week, and that's that's so important on these yep. trips that a student gets to experience a diverse um, amount of ministerial or service opportunities yep. because it enhances your awareness as to what it actually means to do education mm -hmm. in the yeah, developing world. Absolutely. What does it mean to do healthcare? Right. What does it mean to do church planting or church ministry? Right. Or, yeah. Or, or and, and like, what, where did you guys stay? What were your accommodations? Were they similar to Ashley's? Were they different? I mean, these are different countries and different infrastructures. Yeah, absolutely. So we actually stayed with a member of the church that we were working with at the time. Um, he had a two-bedroom place, and me and Nick stayed in one bedroom. He stayed in the other one. So it was just a downstairs apartment of a, a little community that they had. Um, did it have running water? Running water, Um and was it hot, cold? Well, kind of paint a picture here, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm I'm seeing an apartment, uh, and I don't know. I'm like thinking an Indian Disney apartment for like Cheetah Girls or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like what, cool, what, what are we, we talking about? For? What does it look so, like? So, when we went in 2012, 
India had one of its coldest winters in history. It, it got down to like 32 degrees, um, which for India is very cold. Uh, yeah, I was there to kick you guys off, yes, and man, it, it was, was cold. <laughs> we were. Um, I came. I, I brought shorts. Yeah, yeah, all kind of things. And I was like, man, I'm putting scarf over my kneecaps. Like <laughs> yeah. it's cold. So the first part of our trip, um, it is most most buildings there are made out of concrete, solid wall concretes, interior wall concretes, floor concrete. We were on the bottom floor. There was a couple of trees that shaded it. So it felt like in the winter we were in a refrigerator um, because the thermal mass of the concrete of the house just never warmed up with the sun of those times. So we would we would be doing our best to stay warm. There was no heaters or anything like that. I was just trying to gather as much blankets as we could. Um, in the summer, obviously, the climate changed drastically. It would get up to 115, 120 during the day um, because... We were on the bottom floor. It stayed a little bit, but I would say the interior of the house was, it could be 80 to 90, 95 degrees on the inside. And that was towards the end and getting used to climate, the climate of the region, it felt very comfortable um, yeah. to be in a 95 degree home with the fan. Because your body does acclimate. Yeah. 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 It 100% acclimates. Now, when you yeah. all were there, you all ate the food of the people too, right? You weren't like shipping in uh, Whole Foods or anything like that. No, but I did get a butterball turkey that the U.S. ships in. <laughs> they they will they will ship in butterball turkeys to their embassy workers. Really, which I'm like, you got hey. you a butterball turkey? Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, no, but other than that, definitely eating. Um, I, I mean, I, every day for lunch, I went to a little canteen area yeah. called Saudas, and it was just a woman, a mom that made her business cooking out of her home. And did she make like the traditional stuff, like posho? Oh yeah, and- I, my favorite was uh, peas and rice. But yeah. yeah, they had the they had the food posho and um, groundnut soup, motoki, motoke. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, loved it. That's awesome. So me and Nick had a rule. We we developed a few rules that we <laughs> when we were on the trip, and one of, of them was <laughs> if you crave it, do not try to find it, because yes. in our experience, every time we were like, man, a cheese burger which we didn't have beef there but um cheeseburger a pizza something along those lines if you craved it and you tried to seek it out and find it it was severely disappointing um, like if you found it some just didn't it, yeah like yeah, i like think KFC you wanted to something. hit the nostalgic nature of what you're missing and then it would just it didn't ever fulfill it so we were like if you crave it don't get it eat local Eat what they have here. Um, eat at the local roadside cafes. So you're you're like Dal and Rice. Yes, Dal and Rice is essentially like the the faster that you're like I'm in India and I want to experience India and I want to live here and I want to have my time to be like valuable. Was the better like the quicker you enjoyed the experience and yeah. you became like less like uncomfortable with the surroundings around you. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's part of the bi- biblical principle that we teach when Jesus says things like, eat whatever's put before you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That there's there's a... I think sometimes when Jesus gives commands, we're, we're looking for the rationale for the command before we implement the obedience. But I think you guys could probably testify, as I can, and Jeff, you probably can yeah. too, that... For me, not even understanding the significance of that, but doing it anyways, the value of things I learned on the other side of just doing what he said, whether it is like 
being able to experience the hospitality of people who would make things for yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. Whether it is a, a mom who's just running a little kiosk yeah. or, or it's a family who's invited you over, uh, there's, there's something so special about giving them the freedom to bless you yeah. with what they think is the best. And man, I've been blessed with like goat hooves and, <laughs> and oh, yeah. like um, crickets and fish, um, heads. <laughs> fish heads, snake heads, chicken like feet. chicken feet, all the good stuff yeah. I've been able to experience. <laughs> but it, it, it really is, um, I think that's an important takeaway for anybody yeah. to know. Obedience to what God says without the need to make sense of it, you enter into an adventurous time of learning mm-hmm. that yeah. I think is is always beneficial. Yeah, and then yeah. you just kind of see the lights go on when you obey. Yeah, because yeah. like, now I have a friend who I would have not had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like like um, I know you were in Lucknow for a while, which is another yep. part. It's in Uttar Pradesh mm-hmm. of India. And I know that we had our kebab places. Oh, yeah. And like yeah. now, because kebabs are... It's like famous, world famous. Yeah. Generations of kebab makers. I mean, this places. one kebab maker where we went, or, do you remember? Like, they hadn't even washed the kebab thing in 200 years. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, the the skillet, or what, what was it? I know it was cast iron. It was like, basically, it's like an inverted skillet, Yeah, it right? looks like yes. a bowl that's kind of turned yeah. upside down. Yeah. It's been super smooth. But they hadn't washed it in 200 <laughs> years. And I'm just like... Just every day making kebabs. Yeah, well, they're just like, my my great, 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 you know, yeah. I'm like, wow, I've ne- I, I, I don't even know if I've kept, uh, you know, a pan for longer than... <laughs> <laughs> a, a decade. <laughs> yeah, those nonsticks don't last too long. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So, getting that experience for both of you in the communities and and being a part of the people's everyday life, public transportation, yeah, uh, the the same kind of housing units, eating the food. I, I would be willing to 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 bet that it was still your experience with the people that trumped mm. all of that wanderlust that. So many YouTube channels these days try try to capture. Like I, I don't know if you guys know what I'm referring to, but there's so many of these travel yeah. channels on YouTube where people are like eating the food, they're riding the 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 transportation, they're yeah. going to the museums and sites. But it's very rare that you see on these channels that they're hanging out with the people. Can right. you give us each of you just give us one story of an an impactful encounter that you had with some person while you were on that trip? I can say for me, um, so I got to see the inverse of that, like firsthand. There was we we inverse of what? So the we got to see other like during my six months, I ran into plenty of other Westerners. Yeah, that were there for that experience, the YouTube experience. Gotcha. Um, and pretty much every single one of them was like, "Man, it'd be just cool if I had a friend." Like. They were doing this experience. I think they wanted to travel to India. They wanted to see all the sites, but then they realized that the human component of it was like a huge need for them. Now, that was completely different to Nick and I's trip because we really wanted to be able to invest into the people that we were there with. So the local church that we had partnered with, um, one of the guys there, Manoa Paul, who we still work with today, a blessed friend of mine, just FaceTime with them just two days ago, um, but upon like seeing him, like we're both the same age. And I remember the first time seeing him, he walked into a room and I looked at him and I was like, man, that guy's going to be one of my best friends for the rest of my life. Hmm. I just felt it like right then. And for the remainder of that trip, and even, you know, we're now talking 12 years later, 10, 12 years later, um, 
it still it still is true. Uh, but the the human element of being able to partner with him to be able to join in at the time his ministry too was everything about that trip. Mm. Um, it wasn't the experience of India. It was beginning to connect with people that God had put in front of us. Mm. And investing into that, but that 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 for sure was was the greatest payout of this mm, trip, mm. beyond just the the experience of traveling the world. Um, if you if you miss that opportunity to like see another person eye to eye, to understand what they go through, to join with them in their experiences, that's understanding India. Mm. Yeah. That's understanding um, where other people come from, how they live life. The culture of what they do, like that—that that was such like a a time that I'll never forget. Is that yeah. building of that friendship and then meeting people, all, all all those different aspects. But yeah, that that for sure was was India for me. The image of God is not found in anything other than the human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and even though there there's so many beautiful things about India and Uganda, mm-hmm. even things that God created. None of that creation contains his image like the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for you to be able to connect with the person and see God in them is is a yeah, there there's nothing like that. Yeah. And and, and particularly in their context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Which is a, a major responsibility of the missionary yep. who is to make disciples of the nations, not to change the nations or yeah. transform them into something that they're not, but to actually teach them Jesus' teachings and and it is pretty awesome that eleven years later, yeah. you guys are are still uh, friends and and doing ministry together. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, Ashley, what do you got? Yeah, so I think you go in, or at least I was going into a trip like that, which I was just so thankful we got the freedom to plan and propose what we were going to do for that you know six months of time. Um, I found that to be really fruitful because I think it gave me experience in the admin side of things. And you go in so mission, so mission driven. Like I'm going to have, you know, this curriculum is going to look just like this, and I'm going to be here at 4 p.m. to do my class, and all these people are going to come, and I'm going to do, you know, you have all these tasks that you want to do, and those are great, and I think I accomplished a lot of the things I set out to do. Um, but then you get there, and it's like the everyday routine. You get in a routine. You mm-hmm. get to be there long enough to be like, I'm living here. Like mm-hmm. yeah. I have my routine. I know my schedule, um, which I found to kind of be like my safe place. And one of my one of my stops along the route um, to walking into school was a lady named Mary's, or her name was Mary. I'm always referred to, called it Mary's shack because it literally was just a shack. Um, it was, you know, five five by five foot. I feel like that's like almost, maybe maybe five by six foot. It was just long enough to have like an actual twin mattress in it. And she was a dobie, which um, dobies are um, clothes washers, so that people would draw off their clothes to her. And her whole place was just filled to the brim with clothes, like dirt, other people's dirty laundry. Um, and she had five kids. I taught um, her. T- I taught her oldest daughter in fifth grade, and you know. I just remember her being greeted by the biggest smile. Like anytime I would come into Boise and walk by her house, um, it was just like, you could just see the white of her teeth. Like she just lit up, like she was excited. She ended up joining my, um, my English class um, for the moms and grandmothers. And so she was in class and it just became, I think for me, as I learned her story, um, her husband had left her earlier that year and had gone um, somewhere up north. 
And she said to work, but the way that she made it sound like was like, he's not coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she was abandoned, you know, she was at that point functionally like a widow at that point. She doesn't have a husband in her life. Doesn't, um, has these five kids to raise. And I remember this one day where I so badly, I don't know, everything just seemed to go wrong that day. And as in, you know, my time oriented culture, I was expecting, Oh, everyone's all these women are going to be here right at, right at 4 PM today. It had already been a terrible day. And I was like, okay, great. I've got my, got my class to look forward to. And it gets to like four 30, no one's there. Mm. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just over today. I don't know. It was just, it was too much. It was like towards the end of my trip. And I was like, I'm just need to get my routine. I need to go back home. I got mm. need to go back to my, you know, room, do my P90X, do my Zumba and go to bed, call it a day. Um, but I knew I, so I packed up to leave and I knew after passing Mary's house, like I knew I'd have to see her cause you can't get out without <laughs> passing her shack. And I knew I would see her and she was, you know, she was folding clothes and, um, you know, I walked by and I'm legit, this is you know, my shame kind of story. Like I'm legit trying to sneak by without her seeing me. Yeah. Um, and she's like, she sees me of course, cause I'm the only white person in Boise. <laughs> so she sees me and she's like, Madam Ashley, Madam Ashley, um, where are you going? Like, where are we not learning today? You know, and I'm like, I have a decision to make. Like, I'm either going to just go home or I'm going to like teach. Mm. And I remember having like this very much moment where I was like, man, like, am I here to serve or be served? Mm. And that was kind of the, I thought that was a really poignant moment for me where I ended up just saying, okay, like um, she lived next to one of, one of the other students, Carol. And so Mary and Carol, I just grabbed them both and we're like, let's just do like a small session a day. And we ended up, t- you know, learning a couple things, but I don't remember what we talked about, uh, you know, as far as like the class curriculum goes, but what we shared was just like, they were sharing their stories of heartache. Like mm-hmm. it, they had come to a point where they had trusted me enough to like talk about their broken relationships with their husbands or, you know, Mary telling me that she struggles to put food on the table for her kids. Like she doesn't take a meal at night so her kids can have mm-hmm. a little bit more. And like that she cries when they ask for more and she can't give it, you know, yeah. that, that, that's something that like, if I hadn't stayed, if I hadn't made that decision to like stick it out to yeah. like, you know, be, be present for that moment. Like I would have missed out on that connection with, you know, and gosh, what yeah, what that did for your perspective, right? To feel like this is a hard day. I'm at the end of my rope. This is this is too much. I'm going home, and then God puts you in a situation where now you get to hear from people whose scenarios, their lives are so incredibly challenging. It's right. like it, it it just makes whatever it was that you're you were feeling was so hard. It's kind of disappear. Yeah, it was. It was just a. It was a humbling, humbling moment where I felt like Jesus. I felt like just reminded me. You know, we love because He first loved us. Mm. Like, and that's a lot to answer. You know, that's a that's a hefty call because we see how much He loved us. You know, yeah. throughout the Gospels, throughout the whole Bible, and yeah, it really that and utilize. You've used two scriptures: uh, Mark ten forty five for the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve. And then out of the epistle of John that we love because he first loved us. Like that that text there is is so profound because it doesn't allow us to give people love based upon what they've given us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It puts the impetus for our love on the fact that God loved us. Right. Mm -hmm. So now we love as a result of his love for us. Mm -hmm. And you having that word written on your heart, it gave you what you needed to make the right decision, which gave you a life-changing moment and experience. I mean, we're talking now, it's 10 years later, mm -hmm. yeah. and you, you have tears in your eyes because it was that big of a moment. How has it affected yeah. you in the day? I mean, a lot's changed in 10 years. Oh, you know? for sure. A lot's you're you're married. Yeah. And, and interestingly enough, you married Big Nick. <laughs> I did. I married him. <laughs> I said it. I was like, I want to help him out. <laughs> and, yeah. and you married him, and, and, and you guys have kids, yep. and, and you run a business. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, like, so much has changed. And when, when yeah. you, I, I, and you know, life is challenging. That's, life is yeah. challenging. You've had your challenges, and, and we've all had our challenges in the, sure. the most recent few years. But like when you reflect back on that gift that God gave you in that evening with those women, how does that impact you now? Oh my gosh. It's, it is like a, I feel like capstone of where God was rooting me. You know, I, it's one of those moments where I'm like, what will keep me going serving the Lord is like looking back and remembering. Mm -hmm. Like I get, you know. So it's like an anchor point. Yeah, it's yeah. like I get why the writer's like, Deuteronomy, like, let's remember, because that's that for me is like a story where I'm like, I have to remember to that this this is a, a marathon, not a sprint. Like, I've yeah. got to keep going because um, there's still an urgency where it's like, there's a lot of Marys in the world. Like, yeah. there's a lot of Marys, you know, you know, in, in Uganda, in India, even some here in Nashville. Like, there's people that are in need, and I have to have that impetus to love like Jesus did. Yeah. Um, and so I think being rooted in the word really helped me to make, you know, I think, I think I made the right decision that day. You know, I think God was proud of me that day to say, okay, I stuck it out. I did, I did yeah. the right thing, you know? I, I'm, yeah. I'm sure he was proud of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So well said. <laughs> Uh, I, I think one of the cool things as you guys are relating your stories is that if you're listening to this, you're like, man, I wonder if I came to the Institute, would I get to experience something like this? Well, this is like part of the curriculum yeah. that we do. And we're not just saying take one trip for six months. I mean, we, we the way that we do it at the Institute, it's a series of trips that graduates mm -hmm. people through this experience, yeah. starting with summer internship uh, with Greg. I know that you've historically led this and leading yeah, it even yeah. this year. Yeah, and I am. Kind of exposes people to some of the needs around the world. Yeah, we go to both hemispheres and you're exposed. And I think that's a good good word to use to the diversity of ministerial efforts that one could participate in, including the demographics, youth, widows, orphans, prisoners. Like it's all put out there so that someone can always say, yeah, I had that experience. But I think even more valuable, and you guys experienced this, was how that affects your future Bible study. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. all of a sudden you're in the most similar environment to what Jesus was in. Yeah. Yeah. And talking to his disciples, it really changes the way you study the Bible. Oh, yeah. So we often recommend that students go on the summer internship, mm -hmm. even prior to starting their yep. collegiate yes. education, <laughs> and if not then, the next year. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then after that, it's immersion trips. Yeah, so this is, this we call this the immersion program. This is a series of two different kind of also graduated trips as well. Each one of these is about five to seven. Sometimes yep. that immersion two is a little bit longer than that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that first trip just kind of helps people to often lock down an area, but they're still observing in a more narrow focus. So maybe their focus is agriculture or maternal health care. They're volunteering in that yeah, capacity. Yeah, in the first one, they're going to implement a project. Yeah. So they're they're taking a lot of 
information in, but they're also serving by implementing a chicken coop mm-hmm. or or a rooftop garden or an ESL course. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's one singular yeah. project. Um, where in the second immersion, they're participating in a program, right? Something that is ongoing, something that does require that day to day, so that when they do a deputation experience or a study abroad experience, they have both of those things in their pockets yeah. to go. Yeah, this is this is what I'm going to be doing while I'm there. I'm going to build off of that, or I'm going to continue this. Yeah, but that, that's that's the essence of the programs, and and I I think your emphasis on the graduation mm-hmm. of those experiences is really important because it can be, as you both mentioned, too much oh, if, yeah. if it just hits you all at once. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I remember my first immersion, like it was just, you know, my first immersion was five weeks in 2007 and, you know, towards, you know, I got two weeks in, I'm like feeling good, feeling like I'm, you know, with yeah. it. And then, I don't know, you know, I would say after, at the halfway mark, I was like, okay, what day is it? Like how many more days? You know, it was just, <laughs> it was a lot. The stamina wasn't there. Yeah. And your, your emotional reserves get tapped into. Yeah. And then like the questions, yeah, questions concerning poverty, mm-hmm. sickness, disease, death, like they, they just pile up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you don't have enough of that biblical education to frame how it is your what it is you're seeing, it yeah. it it enhances the weariness. Yeah. At the end of my um, six month trip, so we had three or four days to kind of wind it down at the end, and I I took like an entire day and I made a list of every single class I had taken at the institute, and then from that I had taken points of everything I had been taught and how I had implemented something on my trip Mm. from that class. Mm. And I was so easily able to do it with every single class about how it translated to my experience. And at the end, I was like, "This um, this is what I stood on. Like that word, that word that was planted where even at times I was like not even just doing it just because it was in there. It was like in my heart. Yeah. to be able to like share that in that moment. Like when I would go to um, talk at a, a small Bible study or something, it w- I had the ability to go in and be like, ask them like, what's the need for these? And then be able to like bring up a passage from that because of the immense amount of word that I had been able to take in the years prior to that. Yeah. But yeah, I, after like looking at that list, you know, just brought to tears of like the word was the word was like that rock that I stood on mm. that allowed me to like be able to be so success- successful through my time there where I didn't like lose heart. I didn't, you know, just check out like two months in and just be like endure the rest of the trip. Like right. I really felt like I thrived through it. That's mm-hmm. awesome. But God was working in me and that word was planted deep. And it was like every single, there wasn't a single class. And it was like, you could have made so many points, but it was just like, every single class I was able to pull something that was like a life-giving lesson that I was able to implement on the field. And it was like, it brought life. And I was like, yeah, this is, there's nothing that was lacking in the, in, in those times. And I, I, I remember that moment. I've looked for the paper. I've, I, I love, as a teacher, I love that testimony. I know. <laughs> I haven't been able <laughs> to find it, back. Um, which is really sad. But um, I remember it and it was, it was such an impactful day for me. Just That's to be awesome. able to do that, and it was I, it was a testimony to the education I received and how it translated exactly into what we were asked to do and what I was doing. Beautiful, yeah. 
Guys, I'm so thankful for this conversation and just your uh, vulnerability and sharing. I know that if, if students and the parents are out there listening, and um, you know, I hope that this has been inspiring for you guys listening. Just know that this is still the work that we have in front of us. Uh, there's still a lot of work to do, and we're um, God's looking for laborers uh, to be able to do it. So thanks for your time, yeah. and I'll see Thank you guys you, next Thank week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to College Conversations. If you have ideas for the podcast, including topics or guests, or even just questions you might have, we would love to hear them. Contact us using the link in the show notes. Thanks and God bless.